All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's after four o'clock. It's the Tuesday edition of the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Greger Show, where you can uh, get to PlayAlberta.ca. Been a partner of ours now for uh, over two years. Alberta's only regulated online gambling website. But if you choose to gamble, make sure you use your GameSense. Go to GameSense.ab.ca. Learn how to stay within your limits. Earlier today, the uh, Edmonton owners announced, well, actually, uh, Derek Ryan announced it first on his uh, Instagram that uh, he is back for two years with the Edmonton Oilers. It's a two-year deal with the 900 k AAV as we get to the oil report brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton. You can finance a new Volvo from as low as 2.49%, or if you want to get a pre-owned vehicle, only 1.24%. Check it out right now at VolvoEdmonton.com. And uh, we are now joined by a gentleman who uh, just signed a two-year extension with the Edmonton Orders. Uh, Derek, congratulations on the new deal. How you doing? Yeah, thanks. Doing great. Good day. Well, yeah, good day. Now, this one's a little bit different because uh, my understanding is uh, you represented yourself. So uh, how how was the negotiations? Uh, How was it uh, being as a player? Is this something you kind of always thought you wanted to do? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say I represented myself too much. Obviously, Kenny and I, uh, we went to lunch and had all the phone conversations. I had my agent who's been with me the whole time, you know, advising me, and I would call him and, uh, and, you know, tell him the details and all that. But 
I mean, I'm, I'm also at the point in my career where the contract negotiations are pretty, pretty uh, low key and not too stressful. So uh, yeah, it was interesting. I think Ken and I have a good relationship and, we obviously know what position each person's in, so it was pretty easy. Why Why was it so important for you to come back to Edmonton? Yeah, um, there's a lot of answers to that. There's a lot of reasons. Uh, family, for sure. Uh, the kids get older. Um, Zane's 9, August is 6. It's, it's hard to pick up and move. You don't really want to do that. We have roots pretty deep in Edmonton now with school and hockey and uh, gymnastics and dance and Bonnie's friend group and uh, the friend group that I have from from school and the Oilers and whatnot. Um, we love it here. We love the fans. It's a great place to play. Uh, I think it kind of catches a bad rep from most of the league that haven't been here, haven't played here. It's actually a great place, a great city. Um, the winters are kind of tough, but uh, it's not uh, not too bad, and um, I think most importantly, I wanted to stay here because this is my window to win. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I knew that uh, I'm at the point in my career where where winning is important, and um, I think that uh, there's no other team that has a better chance than the Oilers right now in in these next couple of years. Derek, I think it's safe to say the. The series loss to Vegas this year was much more painful for the group than last year to Colorado. Uh, I think your team felt like you guys were closer this year. You know, you look at those Vegas games five and six, and really you controlled the play in periods one and three and just kind of had a tough second period each time. A lot of the veterans, when they spoke afterwards, was like, you know, we just need to be better at, I think Leon Dreisettle said, not beating ourselves. And, you know, kind of maybe, is it is it? too simple to say just at times you know you guys would give up kind of the easier goal to the opposition so how do you as a group collectively when you go into next season how do you ensure that that those are um much more rare next year yeah i mean it's hard i definitely agree that this year feels a lot different than than last year you know making it to the conference final last year kind of felt you felt good about it you could pat yourself on the back um at the same time we felt like colorado was definitely better than us and and you know a level above us this year uh, we make it to the second round not the third round so everybody's up in arms about that but at the same time um it's different because we lost to a team that we felt i don't know if we're better than them i, I think we are i don't know if i can convince people of that but I think a lot of the people and players in our locker room thought we were better than them we definitely had chances to win games in that series and and had our own chance to win the series overall so yeah I mean the playoffs are hard it's uh the difference is so fine there's so many things and stars that have to align in, in terms of your own play your teammates play uh, you need to get some lucky bounces. You need some some good calls to go your way. You need excellent goaltending. There's all these things that have to happen to win the cup. It's really hard, and um, and it just didn't happen. I think that I don't think you really focus on you know next year. What can we do differently? You know what do we need to to revamp our complete playoff mentality? First off, you have to continue to get there. As Ken has talked about, you have to continue to 
to get there and give yourself a shot. And then when you get there, I think uh, your experiences that you've had before, so this year in particular, um, those help you. You know, you can manage those momentum swings that are so drastic. We saw it in the first round against L.A. where, you know, one team would get a lead and then the other team would grab some momentum and tie it up. And um, just, it was anybody's game. And it was the same against Vegas. There's huge momentum swings in terms of goal scoring, in terms of penalties, um, just, you know, carrying the play and playing the other team's defensive zone. And you just use the experience that you've been there before. Um, maybe you're not so emotionally out of control. You're able to harness your emotions a little bit. And I haven't watched, um, you know, religiously here as we've lost out, but I've watched a little bit and see Vegas and it seems like they're, they're maybe a little more, um, they're just more disciplined, more dialed into the letting, you know, Matthew Kachuk punch you in the face five times and just smile at him, you know. You're willing to take that pain and that hurt and not to, to not retaliate. And we all know hockey. We've been around hockey long enough. We know what the ref's going to call. It's going to be the retaliatory penalty. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that go into what we can do different. But um, I think the experience of being there before and, and managing emotions and, and the momentum is a huge part of it. Joined by uh, Derek Ryan, freshly signed a two-year deal here with the Edmonton Oilers to keep me here for two more, two more years. You know, so you, you talk about that that part of it that you know just just maturing and growing and, and and just learning as you go. But you know, is there is there like a it, it, does there need to have a conversation before the season? Because um, it's it's pretty difficult to turn that on on game eighty three, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I know we will. We've already had that conversation <clears throat> post uh, Vegas series losing out. You know, we Ken came in and had a, a very emotional discussion with the boys. Um, you know, the year year end meeting is always tough, especially when you're not hoisting the cups. So, but it, it was especially painful this year, and um, you know, guys were crying in there, very emotional. Guys, guys are invested. And uh, I'm sure that that meeting will be uh, carried over into the the training camp um, opener, and uh, we'll set the tone what we expect. But you also can't, I mean, you can't go into game one preparing for game whatever in the Stanley Cup final in June. You know, you, you have to start and focus on having a good start in October. You have to focus on the road that's right in front of you. You can't focus on, okay, well, we got to win the cup this year or else, you know, all hell's going to loose, break loose or whatever it is. You know, you just have to focus on, okay, coming into training camp in the best shape possible, having a good training camp, having a good first couple games of the season, having a good October, and then it just builds and snowballs. I, I just – I know what you're saying, that you can't you can't just change – uh, playoff results on game 83 from previous seasons, but at the same time, um, you can't be thinking about that all year either. It's, it's too much of a grind. The, the season itself is too much of a grind. You can't just be, uh, in that mental state the whole time. It's, it doesn't work. Derek Ryan joins us, Edmonton Sports Eater, TSN 1260. Uh, Derek, you have a, you know, with your experience, um, you, you've all, every conversation I've had with you, you seem, 
pretty level-headed. Um, not that you're not emotional about things, can't get fired up. I'm sure people close to you probably say everybody has a little bit of a, a fiery attitude. But yeah. as a veteran player, you know, the importance of what you just said with your group is, guys, we can't win the Cup in October. But potentially you could maybe lose home ice advantage if you have a slow start. All right, Connor McDavid talked about, you know, you guys have been a really good second-half team the last two years. But your first half, well, although I know two years ago you started great, but then you just had a, a real lull. Um, so is it just maybe you, you talked about that good start in October and then not, like, crushing it, but just finding the consistency and not having too big of lulls? Is, is that is that manageable? Is that possible? I think that's more of the message come October, come September, whatever, than we need to win the cup because there's lots of teams that think their cup's coming. Edmonton's not the only one. There's Carolina, there's Dallas, Colorado's right back in there. There's a bunch of teams that are, you know, right there. They're knocking on the door and they want the cup. But you can't you can't just come in day one and scream, you know, I want the cup. It starts with a good like a good start to the season and I agree that we've talked about that in the dressing room as well that the the Oilers have been a great second half team in recent history but I think we need to come out of the gates and have a good first half that should be our focus and even narrower than that as I said before so yeah I think the message will be um long term a little bit in in training camp but it's it's also got to be you know you got to narrow the focus a little bit and and just focus on getting our game where it's at because who knows what the roster is going to look like, what the lineup's going to look like. And um, when it comes down to that, then we're starting to build our game for whatever whatever our team is looking like at that time. Derek Ryan joins us. Uh, Derek, speaking of that and, and your team, you look like you guys were close. And, and I think that's – I, that's probably harder to accept than when you're far away. It's as you mentioned, hey, Colorado, yeah, you know, hey, this is good. We took a good step, but now it's like, God, we're close, and and it hurts more. Um, how long did it take? And I don't even know if it, if you over like was losing this year just that much more painful. Was it the most painful loss you've incurred in your career? Uh, for sure, in my NHL career, yeah, um, yeah, it was definitely way more painful this year. I, you know, I talked about how that's different than last year losing to Colorado, how they felt like they were a bit better than us this year, Vegas, not so much. Um, yeah, it took me it took me a good ten weeks or ten days to two weeks to kinda of get over it and and reset. It was it was hard. It's that, that pit in your stomach that Ken talked about, you have that. And um you know what, maybe at the at the end of the day that's what you need to get to win, right? Because after losing to Colorado, everyone was kind of patting their back a little bit, and maybe that doesn't give you that that pissed-off feeling in the summer to train, that pissed-off feeling to come into training camp and to start the year in October and have that fire in your belly. Um, you know, maybe you have to have that pit. I don't know. I haven't won the Cup, but um, it, definitely, it definitely hurt this year more than – more than any other year past. Derek, uh, I know your, your kids have uh, really gotten in the community. Uh, they're playing. Uh, how would you evaluate your son's coach? <laughs> There's this one tall guy that, uh, you know, he's, he's pretty good on the defensive end. Yeah, he's, uh, he keeps the kids pretty dialed in and uh, makes a good joke every now and then too. But, 
Yeah, it has some room to improve for sure. <laughs> We're all growing. Got off- We're all growing. Uh, so, some <laughs> offensive tips potentially for him? Maybe get yeah. out there and show him a little offensive skill? Yeah, I don't know if uh, that's his uh, forte, but um, <laughs> there's some room for improvement for everybody, I think. We're all growing, buddy. We're all growing out there, you know, just trying to link three passes together. Uh, when you're done yeah, playing, Derek, is, totally. like, would you, was, is coaching something at, at any level, like with your kids maybe or anyone else, is, is coaching something you'd want to get into when you're done playing? Yeah, for sure with my kids. I mean, that's something that I don't get to do a lot of now. Um, I'm gone a lot, whether I'm on the road or just have practice or games or whatever. So um, definitely want to coach Zane as he gets older and after I retire. I don't know about coaching at higher level for a career. Uh, I've had lots of people tell me that that could be a potential fit for me, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, I think I'd be um, a better fit for like a, a player development come in once a, once a month and work with the young guys and be a mentor for those guys and kind of raise them, raise their game and raise their mental uh, dexterity a little bit. I think that would be, that'd be a better fit. I don't foresee coaching, but it's also hard to say what I'm going to do next week, let alone five years from now. Uh, one last one for you, Derek. You, uh, I know that you, you take conditioning uh, very seriously. I was told by many people you were top five in the organization when you came to camp, and Kyler Yamamoto raved about you guys training together. But what do you do outside of hockey in the summer? Like, Do you have any hobbies you like to do? Uh, I don't know, you build or a draw? What do you do outside of hockey training in the offseason? Oh, I love that question. I'm not too artistic, so I'm not building too much. Uh, I'm a golfer. I picked up golfing in the last uh, year and a half or so, so I'm, that's oh. a lifelong commitment there to get my game back in and to uh, keep up with the, the studs that we have on the Oilers. Um, I'm a fly fisherman. There's lots of good fly fishing in and around Spokane and the northern Idaho area, so my son's pretty into both golfing and fishing. He does that with me. Um, boating. We have a pool in our backyard in Spokane, so we spend lots of time with our family uh, swimming there and swimming in the, the lakes around Spokane. Um, yeah, that's about it, I guess. It's mostly just family time, golfing, fishing. Good stuff to do. Well, uh, Derek, congratulations on the contract. Enjoy the off season, and uh, we will see you in September. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, guys. See you in the fall. Uh, Derek Ryan, a new two-year contract with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, 900K is his AAV. Uh, we go from Derek Ryan to Ryan Huska, the new head coach of the Calgary Flames, next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Gregor and Strudwick, Connor Halley with you as we continue on Tuesday afternoon. Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. It's time for our big guest of the day, brought to you by the Hockey Super League, a premier hockey solution with a clear path for long-term development, offering borderless hockey, including provincial and cross-province competition. Check out HockeySuperLeague.ca for more Information, our uh, next guest after uh, the last 21 years coaching, uh, head coaching, assistant coaching in uh, the WHL, the AHL, and the NHL. He has his first head coaching job 
in the National Hockey League. He's the new head coach of the Calgary Flames. Ryan Huska joins us, uh, also a former teammate of uh, our good our good co-host Jason Strudwick is a member of the Kamloops Blazers. Ryan Huska joins us. Uh, Ryan, congratulations. How you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you very much for having me on, guys. Now, uh, before we get to your coaching, um, uh, Struds was uh, was talking about your playing career um, uh, with him. Uh, now, when you guys were were teammates in Kamloops, Ryan, give me your what was your initial kind of first impression of a young gangly oh, Jason Strudwick coming into <laughs> Kamloops? Well, gangly was a good word for it. I mean, if you see a guy walking around with chopsticks for legs, that's probably my first impression of him. Um, but in all seriousness, um, he you found out in a hurry the type of person he was. Such a good man. Um, the, the part that I loved about him, and, and this is probably going to be the only nice comment I'll say about him, was it didn't matter who you are on the team. Um, he had time for everybody, and I consider him one of my best buddies. Um, because of who he is and the type of person that he is, so he's a he's a real good man. But now, from that point on, there's no more good comments. <laughs> I set you up for a lot of backdoor tappings, buddy. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, you know, Husk. First off, congratulations. Uh, I think all your old teammates are excited for you. Um, maybe take us through what the time from the end of the season when there was the changes going till you got the. I'm guessing the news maybe Sunday or Monday. What what was that? What was that time like for you personally? You know you waited your i guess your fate it was a bit of a roller coaster roller coaster to be quite honest with you i mean uh, we we had a season that um didn't see us in the playoffs and that's never a good thing in this business as we all know it's about results and uh unfortunately changes come with that but um we all as coaches didn't know really know what was happening um and then uh, brad Treleving, the news came down about him moving on um, then you become a little bit more uneasy because now you know there's going to be time before we know what's going to happen with our, our coaching uh, futures because we were all in, in positions where our contracts were expiring. And then the news came out about Daryl. So now, uh, you know, you, it, it creates a little bit of stress because you, you do, the future now has become a little bit more unknown. And when you have a young family, sometimes that's a little unnerving. Um, but then you realize quickly that, yeah, they're going to include me in this process for the head coaching role. And it was something I was thrilled and, and excited about. So I put a lot of time and effort into my, into my presentation that I was, I was going to make when I, I did have a chance to have my interviews. And um, I felt like they went really well. So I was excited about it. But the hard part was after those interviews were done, it, it kind of goes quiet for a bit. So then your mind goes on you that, well, for sure, I haven't heard from him today. Um, it, it's still okay. I got tomorrow. If I don't hear from him tomorrow, well, this is probably not looking good. So you go for three days like that, and then uh, your mind really plays with you that they've, they've made their decision to go with someone else, and um, and that's the way it's going to be. And then it even happened where Craig Connor and I were both at a – uh, an event where one of our um, medical trainers' daughters was singing at a at a at a bar. So we went early in the afternoon, and we were there together, and it was kind of awkward. So I said to my wife, "For sure, we're not getting this job." <laughs> and I said, thinking in my head, I should have maybe bought him a few more beers or something. Um, but then I got a text from him after um, saying he would like to meet in the morning. So uh, from that point on, it was just a lot of excitement. Um, a lot of emotion, and then you, you you do go back and you reflect upon the people that you've been around and that have helped you get to this moment, and it's it's just a real special time for myself and for my family. 
Ryan Huska joins us, new head coach of the uh, Calgary Flames. So, you know, you go through that, and I could see it, you know, playing mind games a little bit with yourself, Ryan. So now that you've, you've had some time, uh, you know you're going to be the, the head coach. Uh, obviously, you've been coaching for a long time, and, and preparation for, for every coach is a key thing. You've been a head coach for, for many years, but you've been an assistant now for the last uh, five seasons. Getting to, to run your own bench and everything, uh, how, how quickly do you have to ensure you fill out your, your bench, and what, what are you looking for in, in uh, assistant or slash associate coaches? Yeah, that's a priority now for us, for sure, or for me at least. I mean, the guys upstairs always have a lot on the plate, on their plate, but we're we're working together on it, um, and it's something that we wanna we wanna get to uh, bring to an end as soon as we can. So we've got a really good list of people that we have interest in talking to, and we're gonna continue to do that as as we move forward here. But I think the biggest thing for us is you have to find guys that are are, are going to fit well with the personalities that we currently have in our coaching office. Um, but you also want guys in there that you can learn from and guys that you feel can grab the attention of the room um, that have a strength maybe that can balance out something that isn't maybe the other coaches or my strong point. Um, all that comes into play. So you really try to um, put the pieces together in your head as to what direction you might be able to go with the people that are out there because there's, there's so many great people. It's just a matter of finding um, the people that we feel will be the best fit to help us get the most out of our team. Join me, Ryan Huska, the new head coach of the Calgary Flames here on the Gregor Show on TSN 1260. Uh, you're in a unique position, uh, Ryan. You, you, you watched, uh, you know, you were uh, right beside uh, the head coach who's no longer there. So you kind of saw what maybe was done, both good and bad, and that's for every coaching staff. So, you know, how do you quickly weed through and take what you want to keep going forward and maybe change? Like, how, how quickly does that happen in your mind? Or did it start as soon as the season was done? Well, no, I think, Strud, you, when you move along, and I guess I'll just, I'll start from my time here that, um, you never like to see people lose their job. Um, but I, I'm lucky that I've had an opportunity to stay in this organization through some different head coaches. And as I said, you never want to see them lose their job. But for me, I've learned from guys that have totally different philosophies on how the game should be played. They have different styles of communicating. They think differently. And I feel that's a huge advantage for me. So all the way along, you're taking pieces that um, you like from the individuals that you've had a chance to work with. You add them to what you believe. Hey, I like this. I'm going to try to make it my own by tweaking a few things. And then maybe there's some things where you're like, yeah, that's that's not for me. And I don't think I would incorporate that if I ever get the chance to be a head coach. Um, so you, you take that information in as you move along. And, and when you think about Daryl, um, I had two and a half years to work with Daryl Sutter, who's a Stanley Cup champion winning coach, one of the winningest coaches in NHL history. And I, I took a lot from him. Um, and I'm very thankful for the time that I did have with him. So uh, along with all the other guys that I've been around, um, it, it, I feel like it's really put me in a position to have success and, and use some of what I've learned from all of them to, to add to what I believe. So I'm pretty excited about it. You have been a head coach in the WHL and the AHL, uh, right? And you got to stay true to who you are. What do you feel like? What's your best attributes as a head coach? Well, I, I think that might be it. Um, I feel like I'm a good communicator. I, I feel like I uh, I value the importance of relationship, and and for me, that's getting to know our players. And no matter what situation or what hat I may be wearing, that side of me won't change. And I think. I think that's one important thing that I, I've learned as I've gone through this. I mean, 
there's great coaches that I've worked with, as I just mentioned, um, but they are who they are, and I am who I am. So I'm going to stay true to true to me, and um, and that's something that I'm going to be very proud to do. Uh, you're going to handle your players differently for sure because you are in a different role, um, but I'm not going to personally change to be somebody that I'm not. And um, I, I think my coaching past and history has shown that I am successful at that, and I'm looking forward to helping bring that with our group here. Joined by Ryan Huska here on the Jason Grave Show on TSN 1260. Uh, you know, Huska, when I, when I watched your team last year, it, it, I don't know if it's fair to say maybe that the players weren't fast, but maybe they weren't playing fast. I'm not asking you to break it all down, but, you know, is that something you can try to, try to you know, just incorporate, get a little more tempo through the lineup? It is, Strud. And that's a, a little bit for me when you think about that is mindset, right? I mean, if you anticipate a change of possession, get going the other way before you have the puck. I mean, you're going to open up some room for teammates underneath. And we feel like we have a, a talented group that when they have a little time and space, they're going to be able to generate and they're going to be more dangerous. And in turn, it's going to allow us to play a faster brand of hockey. So our defensemen are, are good puck handlers. They move the puck well. They all skate well. And that should be one of the strengths of our team. So getting them involved, um, getting our forwards to think a little bit faster, I think is going to make us a more difficult team to play against for sure. Ryan, you were in Kelowna for uh, five years as an assistant, and uh, then you became the head coach. And uh, weird enough, uh, five years in Calgary as an assistant, and then you become the head coach. And I know WHL is very different, you know, change over from the teams a little bit more. But going from assistant to the head coach, it's a different role. It just is. You might not be different, but sometimes when you're the head coach, A, you have the final say. And B, sometimes you have to be maybe a little bit more of a disciplinarian. What did you learn in making that transition in Kelowna that will help you now in Calgary? Well, that is a little different one. Um, You know, you have a lot of different turnover, a lot more turnover, I would say, in junior hockey simply because of the age factor there. But um, to me, the most important thing is the standard. Um, You set it right away. And then as a a coach, your players want to know that um, this guy's prepared. He knows what he's doing and he's going to have us prepared. And then it's making sure that I'm consistent in how I handle the individuals and the team. And then once you show that and they understand the standard, there's no more questions, period. I like it. Now, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Luke Richardson uh, in practice in Chicago. He was out there doing drills with some of the guys. <laughs> how, uh, how's your skill set, Husky? you jumping in some of the drills now? How do you feel that will go? Uh, my skill set is still much better than Jason's, but I will not be jumping in drills like that for sure. I, I'm not overly fleet of foot anymore. I can tell you that much. Now, Husk, and this I, this is a serious question. Do you feel like you need to dress better? Because some of your suits on the bench at times look like uh, you know Matlock or something like that. Is that you can upgrade the wardrobe? And this is meant in the kindest way possible. I sense a little jealousy is what I'm sensing from you in that comment. And, and to be honest, I think it's probably because when he does do some of those TV spots that he does, he probably gets texts from all of us saying comments about the suits and ties that he's wearing. So this is his his idea of payback. But I'm pretty proud of my attire, and I feel like um, my wife does a good job of helping me out. Oh, well, uh, uh, we we could spend hours talking about Strutty's wardrobe challenges, Ryan. I know, it's, uh, I know. it's been oh, something geez. that's it's been a big improvement since he started here on the show uh, six years ago. So that part's <laughs> been very good. May, the one tip you might be able to give him though is to know when it was the right time to say the dream's over and go down to the wood because that's oh, that's geez. a struggle. That's a struggle no. for the big man. 
you know, I was on a different radio show this afternoon, and those guys happened to bring that up. And um, I don't want to say too much about it, but there's a lot of comments about what's going on up top there. So um, we, we keep pushing them. That's what good friends do. We keep pushing them, and eventually one of these days he's going to realize that, yes, maybe I should make a change. <laughs> it's gonna. I gotta get to fifty. Another two and a half years. I just gotta get to fifty, and then I'll consider it. I don't think so. I don't think you should wait. <laughs> well, Ryan, uh, congratulations. What What was the when you when you got the call from Brad that you're going to be the head coach? Uh, did you take time? Like, did you have a celebratory drink with your wife? What What did you do to celebrate? Take at least some time to congratulate yourself. Did you do anything special? Yeah, you know, I did. And the special thing for me, my wife and I, for sure, we had a uh, a nice bottle of wine together, but I had my family there. And okay. uh, f- for me, that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, the support and the love that they give you along the way allows you to do what you want to do. Um, and without that, I-, I would never have got this opportunity to to have this job so it was a it was a special night and there's nothing fancy that went on uh we had a, a nice bottle of wine we sat with our kids outside on the deck and we talked and we we laughed a little bit and and we enjoyed the night and and that's something that i will remember for a long long time well Ryan, i love uh, it buddy con- yeah c- congratulations uh, on your first nhl uh, head coaching gig uh your first coaching gig was in 2002 2003 and uh here you are 21 years later you're going to be an nhl uh, head coach uh, congratulations best of luck next season thank you very much guys i enjoyed this ryan huska of course, uh, former teammate of Strutty's. Uh, they won a few Memorial Cups together. Actually, I think uh, Husko was, was on. Well, he played on three of them, so he was there in '92, and then won again in '94 and '95. Is he in the Ring of Honor, Struts? Uh, you know what? I, I it, it, <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> okay. And it fires me up uh, that I'm not. I mean, come on, what does the guy have to do? Two mm. years. I mean, just throw all those guys on my back. But no, listen. I, 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 I think this could be a really good hire for 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 these guys. Uh, that these guys being the Flames, very smart and prepared coach. Everyone I talk to, like not like non friend related, they always speak so highly of them. So um, this will be an interesting matchup because I think both guys, both Wood Woodcroft and and Husker, are very smart, very good communicators with their players, very prepared. Um, and I'm not suggesting that Daryl wasn't, but this this is where they're at and. And uh, it'd be interesting to see this matchup. I think the Oilers have the upper hand in talent. A uh, lot to be decided this offseason that may affect Huska's personnel and his team. Um, but uh, I think they've got something here. Uh, a guy who's paid his dues and who's ready for it. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how it goes. 439 now. Uh, we'll return uh, with more on the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. we got uh, five questions. Also, uh, help me understand the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta. 446, Gregor, start with Connor Halley with you, uh, rolling through a busy Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are having an awesome day. It is time to get to five questions brought to you by the Brick and Black Friday is back. Get amazing deals like 55% off sofas when you buy the matching love seat or chair right now at the Brick and the Brick.com. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. 
All right, guys. Of course, Derek Ryan announced he'll be staying in oil country. We heard him here on the show. Uh, what do you expect from the 36-year-old with his role in the next couple seasons? And I guess how much do you think it could diminish with players developing? He's he's a very... Uh... I think we lost Struts. Um I look at, uh, at Derek Ryan and... Well, his role, I don't know if it diminishes significantly. Um, if you look at where he was played, you know, he's not a guy who's getting a lot of power play time. He wasn't a huge on the, you know, a little bit of penalty kill time. Uh, I, I don't see anybody, whether it's Holloway or Lavoie, neither one of those guys is going to take the uh, the right shot defensive, uh, uh, you know, face-offs. So, so he'll still be on the ice at, at specific times for this team. Um, I don't expect either one of those two guys to be considered as reliable defensively to make the right play that Derek uh, Ryan does. So, w- you know, would his minutes go down maybe a minute a game? Yeah, I think that's possible. But but I don't suddenly see him getting uh, you know, completely you know, out of the mix this coming season, maybe by the end, but not to start. Because, you know, Edmonton... You know, Raphael Lavoie is going to have to earn ice time. They're not going to gift him ice time to say, oh, we're just going to give you ice time over Derek Ryan. He's going to have to earn it. And I'll tell you this right now, Derek Ryan is not just going to give up his ice time and say, oh, Raphael Lavoie is here? Here, take it. You're going to have to battle. Veterans do not just go lightly if someone's going to take their ice. you got to take it from them, deservingly so. And I think that's how it should be if you're a team that's in a window to win. Yeah, I like that. I mean, he's he's organized, right? He's professional. He's a smart guy, um, and he's predictable. So if you're the Oilers, you want those guys to to push him out. But he's he's going to be there, and he wants to play, and he wants to win. You know, that's the one thing I took out of there, and he's said it many times before. He is here to win. Yeah, he loves it. His kids like it here. His friends and family, all that. But he wants to win. That's why he's here. So that means he wants to play, not win a Stanley Cup standing on the sidelines. Question number two. Uh make it kind of a two-part here. Was Peter Laviolette the right hire for the Rangers? And if you don't think so, was there someone who you think would have been better? I can't say for certain if he was, but I really thought this was Chris Knobloch's time to be the head coach. I think that there's a guy that has had success everywhere else. I would have I would have given him a look. And he knows their young players very well in that organization. I think it would have been a perfect fit. Yeah, he's been passed over at least twice now, right? Because Gallant and now Laviolette, so you got to wonder if maybe there's not a future for him there. If if you know if you're a, a guy trying to move up the ladder, um, I, I it's it, it's just kind of an it's the easy answer I feel. Now I know Chris Drury, I know him, and this guy Ollie, he's he's won at everything he's ever done. Little League World Series, Stanley Cups, like he is a winner. The Bean Pot Tournament, like he is a complete winner. So he knows about winning, um, but it just didn't feel like it was that. It was pretty easy. And it wasn't outside the box, I guess. Question number three. Patrick Waugh stepped down as head coach of the Memorial Cup champ Quebec Ramparts and was asked about potential NHL future. He said there was absolutely none when it came to phone calls or interest. Uh, do you buy that? Do you think he'll he'll find his way back to the NHL at some point? So, you know, I guess why did you leave where he was? Is he, is, you know, they won the championship and he's done a lot of good things with that group. Um, maybe it was someone else's time to take over. Um, maybe Simone Gagne or something. He was the coach there. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Patrick Waugh is a guy that he's he's not afraid to say one thing and end up doing another, so who knows. But I, I feel he's a competitive guy, and you want to be amongst the best. And the, and the best league is the NHL. So he might not have anything now, but maybe he's he's going to be sniffing around for a shot at it. 
Well, he was very open. First of all, this has been this has been planned for a while. This is going to be his last year, regardless. And you know that they happened to win, so that made it better. But uh, you know, this story has been out there for months that Patrick Waugh was stepping down. So it's not a surprise. I don't think it's connected to the Andlauer right away, anyway. Especially because that sale might not be going, might not be complete until the end of August or September. Uh, I look at Patrick Waugh. I, I loved his interview at the Memorial Cup. He goes, you know what? Uh, how I went out in Colorado wasn't good. He admitted he made mistakes. Like people are allowed to make mistakes. Like P- Peter Laviolette, these other guys can get they can get job after job after job because what you you handle things perfectly when you get fired, even if you're not good. Like Patrick was, you know what? I, I think there's somebody who who's passionate about it. I, I think he's got a pretty good eye for the game. His teammates when he played, they always said he was kind of different as a goaltender, wasn't afraid to speak up, but also really understood the game. Uh, yeah, I, I expect him to get back in. I just think he felt like he's done all he can do here and. You know, maybe you take a little bit of time off, but uh, I expect that Patrick Waugh will get back into the NHL at some point. Question number four for you guys. Uh, we know the NBA offseasons are wild and anything can happen. Players can move around. But right now, would you have confidence in saying that the Nuggets are the favorites to win again in 2024? Ooh. Um, that's a good question. You, you got to... Lots is lots has got to got to change. I think they're they're going to be really deep. So I look at the teams out there and say, okay, who's going to move around and 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 make a big splash potentially, right? Like if James Harden leaves, I don't think that impacts anything to be honest. So when you look at the good teams, what can the Lakers add to be that much better? Honestly, I'm not sure. Like what, let's hypothetically say Fred Van Vliet. Would Fred Van Vliet make them that much better? Maybe. Um, I think Denver, if they stay healthy, uh, they're a legit team. So, yeah, I would say they're the favorite. Doesn't mean you'll win, but they would be the favorite to start next season. Yeah, I'd probably put them in Boston, you know, at the top. I think they're, they're Boston. I, there's something about that team that I really like. So I, I'd put Boston up there uh, as a top in the East. And final question for you guys this afternoon. Penny Alexiak turns 23 years old today. She already has the most Olympic medals by a Canadian with seven. In your opinion, who is the greatest Canadian Olympian ever? Wow, there's been a lot, uh, you know, of incredible. It's incredible that Penny's only 23. If you'd have told me she was 30, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. So she's still got a little bit of uh, time to add to that total. Um I think I might go with uh, Charles Hamlin just because he did it over so many Olympics uh, and the four gold jump off the sheet that he's he's done, he's accomplished. Yeah, it's hard to, to top him because he has the four golds, which, of course, is the most. Now, Penny has uh, the most medals at, at seven. Um, and she's so young. She's got seven medals in two Olympics. He had six and five, so... Yeah, it's kind of hard. The the only other person I would maybe throw in there is Clara Hughes because she did it. Uh, she medaled in both the summer and the mm-hmm. winter. That is to me, that's pretty impressive. So I, I I might go Clara, but Penny's already got the most, and uh, you know she's the only one right now that has a chance to get to double digits in Olympic medals, which is amazing, right? Like she's only been in two Olympics, and so you think about it, she could have at least two, maybe three more. When you look at the swimming cycle for her, so yeah, she's uh, she's got a real chance to to be dominant. If she's not there already, um, she's probably going to be there. What about you, Cons? Yeah, I like Clara Hughes just doing it in two different sports. Uh, 
both winter and the summer Olympic games. Uh, just in terms of only winning gold, Caroline Ouellette for hockey is pretty impressive, but team sport, that kind of weighs in there. I'm throwing for the future. Summer McIntosh, the swimmer, she's only 16. Uh, she'll, I think she'll be participating next year at the Olympics. I think she'll have a run where she dominates and, and tears it up and wins a lot of medals, kind of especially in the you know four by whatever it might be with Penny. So she'll be one to watch out for in the future. But yeah, what Penny Alexiak's done and being so young is crazy. I can't believe she's only 23. That doesn't even seem possible. Yeah, well, you remember how young she was at the first one. So. Oh, crazy. Oh, it was good. 455, Edmonton Sports Leader, TSN 1260. Strutty? What do you guess will be the uh, score tonight? Oh, it's over. And I honestly, I think this might get away from them a little bit. So I'm going to go like 5-1. 5-1 Vegas. I think Vegas is going to come out and just put it all out there and let them know who's in charge. All right. Strutty, have yourself a great night. Well, talk to everyone tomorrow. Break her down. There you go. That's uh, Jason Strudwick. Same good night. He'll join us tomorrow. Let's get to the uh, con man and a sports center update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. Stop in right now if you want uh, great deals, great products, whether you have the uh, zero turn mower, want to try their uh, very reliable tractors. They're all suitable for all your Canadian farming needs. Check it out at edmontonkubota.com.